we talked with one company and people reflecting to us, we wish we had that vision. Instead, we're just all doing work, but we don't actually understand where this game is trying to go. And so it all feels somewhat pointless. And the producer or leader version of this is, I'm facilitating the meetings, I'm submitting my reports. I don't think this is helping. I don't think this is actually driving us towards a better game. Welcome to Building Better Games. Today, we want to dive into the mysterious art slash science of work systems in game dev. We'll talk about what work systems are, how to make them better, and really why they exist. A few questions to get us going. What is a work system and why do we need them? Why is it when I do my job and submit reports and schedule meetings and a bunch of stuff that we do as leaders, it often doesn't seem to help my team or the game I'm making any better? In this episode, we'll dive into some of these and also give you tips to create an environment that we find essential for good game development, a space where creativity and structure can coexist. So I want to start with pretending there's an ideal world, an ideal world of game development, where in this ideal world, everybody always knows exactly what to do. They know the exact piece of work, how they're going to do it, how they're going to integrate it into all the rest of the work. Whenever they finish something, they just pick up the next thing. You would describe this as you just have like a perfect understanding of the game and all of its components at all times. <laughs> An interesting thing about this world is I don't think you need things like meetings and artifacts and backlogs. If everybody just already got it and perfectly understood the game and their role in it and everything like that was perfect, you wouldn't even need people like us, leaders who aren't actually actively developing. And in this world, then, a work system, as we think of it, the setup of like how groups are organized and meetings that occur and artifacts like backlogs and reports and all this stuff, with all that no longer necessary, everybody can just spend all their time doing the stuff that we already know is good and, and we're going to get that game out as fast as we possibly can then. Yep. And so all I should ever hire is devs. Yeah. We don't live in that perfect world. We live in reality. And one of the biggest differences between that perfect world and reality is something I like to say that the idea of alignment, the idea of what we understand as the vision of the game or how we want to behave and interact with each other, all these things, our shared understanding of that is constantly decaying. Like entropy is playing a role. Yep. And as entropy plays a role in fracturing the alignment inside of a game studio trying to make a game, we put systems in place and the summation of these we call a work system we put these in place and they help us actually keep us as close to that perfect world as we can without spending all of our time every day just talking to each other about what matters what's most important about the picture you painted ben isn't just to help understand the connection between process and that perfect world uh -huh. it's also to help you understand the purpose of all the process that we build. Yeah. So the point we're trying to make here is that as one of the main takeaways, and we just want to like draw this line in the sand right off the bat, is that if you're a producer, if you're a leader, if you're a project manager, if you're a product manager, even if you're a discipline lead who interfaces with process at all, the purpose of that process 
should be to get your team one step closer to that perfect world we yes. just described to yes. a place where everyone knows what the vision is. Everyone knows what the most valuable thing they could work on right now is. Everyone knows what the most critical conversation they need to have is. Because yep. again, if everyone knew the answers to all those questions, we would not need a process. So to me, my takeaway is, and my first core principle of work systems personally is that is the purpose of everything that we do with process. Yes. Yep. The second one I would add to that is because you and me and our roles and all of those meetings and tools and work management systems and all those things are overhead to the actual development of the work. As much as possible, you should be minimizing the size and time commitment of your work system, right? And we'll talk about what a work system is in a bit, but think about it as all the tools and meetings and groups and, and artifacts, backlogs, reports, things like that that are going on. All of that should be minimized. And if you frame it through the lens of all of that is just about aligning, it suddenly becomes clearer what is and is not potentially serving you. This gets complicated. We'll probably dive into it later. Like, what is it you align around? But let's start with the idea of, well, if we're all making a game together, we should be aligning about what that game is, what's important about that game, what's engaging about that experience for the player, like those things. Let's take a quick second to talk about what alignment means, because this is one of those words that you and I use often. And unfortunately, it's one of the many words that solicits eye rolls from mm -hmm. a lot of people now because it's become this very corporate -y word that everyone just, it just feels like you're full of shit when you, when you say it. <laughs> but I, I haven't found a better word to describe what I'm trying to describe. And the image that comes up in my head when I think about alignment is, you know, North Star is also kind of an overused mm -hmm. phrase, yep. but it, you can look outside and you can see the North Star and you can just start taking steps in that direction. Yep. And you never lose the North Star. And if you had 10 other people with you, and they all saw the North Star and they were all walking in the same direction and you were all walking in the same direction together, you would be aligned. Yep. That's literally all that means to me. And I think it's so important and I know it's overused. I know it's, it's a boring and annoying and again, corporate drivel word, but you know, make up your own word if you don't like it. But like mm -hmm. that concept of the game team is moving in the same unified direction. And everything we do, every action we take is to facilitate all of us together, moving one step closer to that North Star. That is what it is to be aligned. Mm -hmm. Ben and I constantly give this guidance to executive teams and to senior leaders in our industry to invest in that is yeah. the number one thing that goes to the bottom line of your progress and making a great game more than anything else. So when we talk about process and work systems, again, we're talking about how to facilitate that movement of that group toward that vision. I believe, again, this comes back to that idea of decay. Alignment's always decaying. A new person joins the team. We have to align them. If we don't, they're likely to come up with some ideas about where we're trying to go that are different from where everybody else knows we're trying to go. As more people join my team, as people learn about things and experiment with ideas, we are constantly fracturing. And so we use these processes to bring us back together. If this is working well, 
meetings, while they still sometimes may be a little tedious, it would not be so common for us to view them as useless. And that's been a marker on some of the most effective teams I've worked with, their lack of process aversion. Certainly they minimize it, but when they have a meeting or a backlog or whatever, they make that thing worthwhile. And if it's not, they talk about that and change it and get rid of it or alter it or whatever. And they're not scared to add meetings. Oh, we're starting to interact with, like our team is starting to interact with another team. If we do this without regularly interacting with them, we're going to run into alignment issues as we drift. And so they see that other team and they go, well, let's just set up a regular meeting where we're going to get in a room with them and talk about where we're going. And that's the thing, that idea of being on the same page, like that's alignment, you know, the flag has been planted, the North Star, the shared goal, the vision, whatever it is you're calling out. And there's so many things to align around. But again, focusing in on that idea of game vision and like, here's where we're trying to go. How do I get everybody moving there? Let's talk about what a work system actually is, because you and I use this as a very conventional phrase as we're working with game teams. But yeah. I've, this phrase is not ubiquitous yet. So like, how would, how would you describe to someone what a work system is if they didn't know, if they'd never heard the term before? It's funny, I actually went to Wikipedia for this and I'm, I'm gonna read off their sort of definition sentence, let's say, because I think broadly it's accurate. And then we can go into some of the pieces that we see inside of it. But they used to say, a work system is a system in which human participants and or machines perform work, processes and activities, using information, technology, and other resources to produce products and or services for internal or external customers. It's a mouthful, but I, I actually think that they're this, it is this group of humans and whatever they're using to support themselves that are trying to produce something of value and the work system is what ties all the people and resources together in a way that leads to an actual product being produced. Yeah, and uh, there's a couple big things that you and I consider to be under that umbrella. Mm -hmm. One of them you just mentioned, which is the human element. Yes. Which is weirdly not often directly incorporated into process structures that we see at a lot of game studios. One of the trends you're likely to have observed if you've worked in game studios for some time is again, the focus of the process and rituals and artifacts and all these things on managing the work. Like, where are the JIRA tickets? Mm -hmm. Where are the tasks? How do the epics go into the stories? How do we boil up information? How do we document things? It's about two things, about tracking and managing the work and mm -hmm. about facilitating the flow of as much information to as many relevant parties as possible. I, I don't even know if it's relevant parties, perhaps as many parties as possible. Yeah. I hear like one of the, the two areas where folks ask Ben and I the most questions when it comes to process are one, like structural questions around like, well, how do I make this epic relate to this story? And how do I make Jira do this thing? It's again, work management, right? And then the other one is like where and how to document things. And, and a lot of focus on documenting and a lot of focus on like writing correct emails and you know, what should be an email and what should be a meeting and how to take notes and like lots of producers taking notes and like lots of processing and faring about a various bits of information. So that tends to be the focus of most process systems we see. And again, as we mentioned before, we focus our process systems on other objectives, alignment being one. And in order to achieve alignment, though, there are some things that we often see missing. 
And so one of the things I, for example, back to Ben's point about human beings is like, what are the relationships that mm -hmm. certain groups have with other groups and that mm -hmm. certain individuals have with other individuals inside of the system? Yep. And also, how do I know how to interface between myself and another person or between myself and another group? This is where things like roles and responsibilities really become super important. And it's fascinating because we have a lot of these generic roles in the games industry. And what's even crazier than the fact that we really lean into those roles, given their generally poor definitions, like I'm the game director. I'm the producer. Yeah. I'm a discipline it's, lead. It's like, I love how casually we throw those roles about given how inconsistent we are in our own industry about what those roles mean. And like, yeah. you really kind of have to like, sort of, well, this is more of like a Ubisoft game director versus this is kind of more of like, you know, a Riot, they don't really have game directors. They have like product owners. And so you have to sort of kind of like massage things and piece things together and learn a lot and talk to a lot of people to even understand what the hell it all means. And so, you know, overall, I would say in general, we don't do a great job of talking about the human side of this. Yeah. And that is one of the most important gaps that I think you really need to cover and figure out if you want an effective work system. Yeah, it's when I subdivide, and this is, you know, my personal model for how I think through a work system, but I subdivide it into four main components. And I'll talk about three of them right now because there's something most of us are familiar with. But the most important one I see is the what I call groups. And it's one to N number of humans who are, maybe they're a leadership team, maybe they are a team themselves, or whether that's cross-functional or discipline-centric, doesn't matter. Like there's a group of people and they are a part of an overall work system. And through meeting with other people or talking in Slack or whatever else, they learn things about other groups, they interact with other groups, and we hopefully share the right information so that we move closer to that perfect world we described. And then for key bits of information, we have artifacts, which are just written documents and things like that. You know, your documentation, there's artifacts, your backlog is artifacts, the reports you send up are artifacts, your JIRA dashboards are artifacts. All of those things are ways that like, hey, here we've captured thoughts, we've captured thoughts, and all of that is designed, if it's designed well, around making sure that all these people, again, the most important part, the, the humans inside of the system, those groups are going in the same direction, that they are aligned, that they are going towards the goal you set. And there's something from what we've said in our first little bit here as we've talked about that perfect world and alignment and you wanna minimize, like the work system is a way to continually be resolving the entropy of the alignment and that you want as little of it as possible to do that job. There's a takeaway here for anyone who is a leader of any level whether you're a leader of a three-person team or you're the, the CEO of a 4,000-person company, one of your primary jobs is to make sure that that North Star is clear and that people are able to align to it. And it's fascinating to me how often we don't see that, as I talked about earlier, and just how much people inside of those organizations want it. We talked with one company and people were reflecting to us we wish we had that vision. We wish we knew what it was. Instead, we're just all doing work. We're all just doing stuff and we're in meetings and we're taking tickets out of our work management system, whatever that is. And 
we're finding ways to keep ourselves busy, but we don't actually understand where our company is trying to go, where this game is trying to go, whatever level you're operating at. And so it all feels somewhat pointless. And the producer or leader version of this is, you know, that question of I'm scheduling the meetings, I'm facilitating the meetings, I'm submitting my reports. I don't think this is actually driving us towards a better game. And part of that is because I don't actually know what that better game is. So I'm doing all of this in a vacuum. So again, to come back to what's something you can do, a key takeaway, three-person team, 4,000-person company, doesn't matter. Make sure if you're leading it in any capacity that there's clarity about what the vision is and where we're trying to go, and you're working constantly to bring the people you're leading towards that. You're aligning them towards that. If you do that well, your teams will be so much more effective. And one of the things that comes up for me as I hear you say that is the evergreen nature of making sure that that's true. Yes. You know, one of the things that's tricky, one of the elephants in the room with this is like, okay, so sure, you can point at a North Star, sit down with your team once, have a conversation. Everyone's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we see the star. And then they start walking towards it. But like, you're going to change your star seven or eight times. If you're prototyping or early on trying to figure out what your game even is, you know, you may thought you have seen the star at one point, but it just ended up being a reflection off some other clouds and you were actually going the wrong direction and you need to pivot and move 40 degrees to the left. Like these things are going to happen due to the uncertain nature of the environment that we work in. And so part of a good work system, again, and like back to what we said, keeping you aligned is the processes by which you continually recalibrate that. So It's not just as simple as, do you have a vision or do you not? It's also, how do you constantly check in with all relevant organisms within Mm -hmm. the company so that you can make sure that it's still good? Like, what's the last known good, if you will, vision or our understanding of the vision? And to some degree, you're constantly processing that because you're never really 100% sure that it's right. So you have to talk about it a lot. You have to meet about it a lot. You have to, like, new things come up, new ideas. Somebody has a light bulb turn on. Okay, well, how do we get that light bulb out of that person's head to the rest of the team? Because that might actually change the direction we go. So, like, these things are really, really important. So, again, you'll notice that this isn't, like, the things we're talking about right now are not about managing work day to day. Mm -hmm. And they're not, about varying information. They're about the calibration around alignment. A pro tip, Aaron mentioned earlier this idea of how do I keep everybody, what are the tons of little things I do that keep everybody moving in the same direction that are continually course correcting everybody towards the North Star? In When we were in office, and if you're in office, you can do this. One of the ways that both Aaron and I have done this is by printing stuff out and putting it around the team. Uh-huh. Just like, this is the goal. This is the vision. And people are like, that's stupid. I don't look at that. I don't, but they do actually. People notice that stuff. You put it up right in front of the, the team. And then if you have like a meeting area, you put it up in the meeting area and you point to it before you say, just a reminder, this is what's important right now. This is our North Star as a game. This is our team's part of it. Okay, this is what we're working on. These are our whatever. Maybe you have sprint goals or something or iteration objectives, uh-huh. whatever. That's what we're pointing at constantly yeah constantly pushing people towards that and in a remote world a way to do this is in emails in powerpoints that you might present 
and other things like that, at the top of it, it's a reminder. Hey, remember, this is what we're trying to do. Hey, this is the goal. Hey, here's the North Star. All of this, yes, it can seem cliche and silly, but we've probably referred to this book before. I remember Patrick Lencioni and The Advantage just talking about the heart and the science of organizations. And then when he was like, how do you actually take care of the heart? And one thing he said is figure out what's important and then keep talking about it till you're blue in the face. Keep saying it over and over and over. And I'm telling you, it's so easy for this stuff to drift. So often teams end up in messes because they haven't done stuff like that because it seems silly and unnecessary. And then six months go by and you realize that two different leads on the same team are trying to go in different directions. There's so many abstract comments around this sort of thing. It's like, I'm frustrated at the implication that that's fluffy. To me, it's super practical. Mm -hmm. Like I put up the goals in the pit where everyone works or in a place where everyone can see them. And I'm likely to get one of a handful of reactions. Somebody walks by and they go, yep, those are the goals. That's a great reminder. Or they come by and they're like, they laugh and they say, those are stupid goals. Those are not the right goals. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a red flag. That mm -hmm. team member just told me that they are not aligned, that they mm -hmm. are walking in a different direction than I would like the team to walk right now. So that should trigger a conversation. And it often did. I often yeah. walked the pit where those artifacts were around on the walls or on monitors or whatever. And I always make a point to say the goals. And I loved it when people came up to me and said, hey, Aaron, I don't think that's the right goal. Or I don't yeah. understand why this is the right goal. That was a golden opportunity for me to recalibrate or to adjust my own perception on the thing that was most important, which yep. is as we going back to our first point about the purpose of all process and work systems, the most important thing. Yes. So again, those people interacting with that artifact gave me a dozen per week golden opportunities yeah. to focus on what was most important. Yep. So this emphasizes how utterly important it is for you to just always have those goals in your back pocket. As we talked about earlier, always make sure that they are the most up-to-date version of those goals and to constantly blast that out to the team and solicit feedback from them. Because yeah. if you're not on the same page at that layer, none of the work you're doing matters. I promise you, none of the work you're doing matters. Yeah, I love how you call out the cynicism that can be part of this. The, here's a goal. The goal is set up by you or somebody else or whatever, and your team just doesn't care. And they're almost a little bit like, oh gosh, that's just some stupid management leadery thing that they're doing where they're putting the goals up on the wall. But we all know, we all know that we're not going to get there, that that's not going to happen, that that's not actually what matters. And in so many organizations, that bifurcation remains throughout the entire project. And everybody just tries to manage around the other party in that. Instead, if you are forcing it into the conversation on a regular basis and you make it a safe environment for people to actually talk to you about, hey, just so you know, I don't think those goals make any sense because that doesn't account for this other system that we're, we have to build alongside what we're doing and we don't even know what that looks like. And so right now I feel like we're wasting time. We don't even know if any of this is going to work in the end. If somebody came in and said something to that effect, it's really good information. And if you can 
approach that with curiosity and humility, because that's the other thing that that can be an anti-pattern. I've created the vision. And now anytime anybody says the vision's silly, I just beat them over the head with a vision until they submit and go back to their desk and keep working. You didn't actually achieve alignment. You just beat everybody down. And eventually no one's going to talk about the fact that your vision doesn't make any sense. If instead you engage with curiosity and humility around that, you're really open to what can I learn from this person, this expert on my team or a different team or whoever, the stakeholders. Stakeholders often come in and say, hang on, I'm not sure those are the right goals. That's to some extent what their job is as stakeholders is to come in and say, wait a minute, I think this is what's important for what you're trying to produce. This doesn't seem to capture that. How are we dealing with that? That's so valuable. Those conversations now help us go, oh, okay, we need to course correct. Oh, we need to adjust. We need to hang on. The North Star I'd selected clearly isn't what the stakeholders were looking for. Do I need to try to help them understand why we're doing that in spite of that? Or do I need to actually just acknowledge like, oh, let's pivot to be more in line with where they're trying to go? You know, we've talked about this idea of decision making. Mm. And one of the things I've always loved about our conversations on this and the sort of studying and leading that we've done on the topic of organization and process is decision making. And like Ben and I, it's a value. It's like a core principle, I think, of how we approach process and work systems. And a practical example is instead of asking what information did you get in your last meeting, ask what decisions you'd made. Yeah. And this sort of illustrates the principle because we see so many meetings and like corporate meetings are horrific. Like we have so much meeting bloat in our culture and I, I we can very much consider meetings to be a part of the process, right? Part yep. of the work system. Definitely. One of the core responsibilities of a good work system is to facilitate effective decision-making. Yes. And so for me, when people say, well, we don't have enough documentation for X, one of the questions I ask is, what decisions need to be made that are not getting made correctly mm -hmm. in your opinion? And they're like, oh, I don't understand the question. Well, hang on a second. So you're asking me about documentation right now. Documentation is just writing stuff in a place somewhere. That's all it is. But what is implied in that is that somebody needs that information so they can do what? Make a decision, right? So who is that? What decision do they, you think they need to make? And when you start going a layer deeper and asking that question, you start to discover that oftentimes it's more complicated or maybe perhaps less complicated than you thought. And so I've seen meetings with dozens of people presenting just heaps and heaps and heaps of data and information where no yeah. meaningful decisions are made at all. We just get together, we share a bunch of data, and now people know stuff. Congratulations, now we all know what everybody else is working on. I wanna say this clearly, it is not valuable to know something in and of itself. It's not. Yeah. It is only valuable insofar as it helps you or someone else make a more effective decision. <laughs> That's it. That is my line. And and I just, I think that this is so important because again, going back to the stand-up example, I see eight developers come together and they're just sharing stuff. And then I see four people in the room when it's not their personal update on their phones, right. just like not even paying attention. So now we're sharing this information. And by the way, what those four receiving developers are saying is either they've lost so much confidence in the process that they don't want to pay attention or they don't find any meaning in the information being transmitted to them. It doesn't help them do anything better. And so they just tune out. Right. So 
Again, what if you went in and asked the question, all right, raise your hand if you need help right now. And you built a culture around and a process and a work system around facilitating getting help to people as quickly as possible. Yeah. Somebody says, hey, I need help. Another person says, I can help you. You have just made two decisions, key decisions. Decision one, person says, I need help. And I need to like communicate that to my team and solicit yep. a response. Second person says, I can help you. I'm going to pivot to do that yes. from whatever I, my previous plan was. Now you've just turned a meeting that was just purely about data transfer into one that is about just transferring the minimum amount of data to get to the point where you can make a meaningful decision. Yes. And that is a just a key mental pivot that Ben have and I have made over the years. And we very much feel that a effective work system is one that's facilitating that all the time. Yes. And if you ever find yourself in a situation where there's just information just bouncing off the walls, people are just writing confluence pages left and right, documenting things and just spending all their time writing backlogs and JIRA tickets, yet people are generally making poor decisions. That's a huge red flag for your process yeah. right there. Huge red flag. There's... um. And I want to go even one level deeper on your example. One person said, I needed help. Second person said, oh, I can pivot to help you. Third person said, hang on, who's doing the higher priority work right now? Yeah. Right? And all of this, like your work system can actually allow for this. It can bring these people together. There's a phrase I heard once in this information heavy environment, and it was like write only documentation. And it's just this tendency we have to want to capture everything. You just, <laughs> it, we just write it down, but no one reads it. It's just, it's write only. You write it, you put it in Confluence somewhere and it dies. It goes into the graveyard of giant Confluence documents that somebody thought would be a good idea to write that nobody knows how to search through and that is just an absolute mess for the team. And we do that sort of thing all the time. And I have done plenty of write only stuff in my life. I have definitely been guilty of, you know, taking notes in the meeting and then typing them up and emailing them before realizing nobody cares about this. This isn't helping anybody. And Instead, perhaps another tip or a framing mechanism really for those meetings that you end up with or the artifacts that you create or anything like that to ask the question, what are you trying to align around? How are you trying to help people make better decisions that get you to your North Star faster? If that's your frame, suddenly the meetings become less about, did I follow somebody's agenda for how a scrum planning session should go? to does the team know what the most important work is to do over the course of the next week or two weeks or month or whatever. If we do that with all of our meetings, now they all have clear value, not just to the person running them, but to everybody involved because they're able to make the decisions moment to moment, day to day, to drive you towards that North Star. And by the way, I can't overemphasize how much waste this saves you when done well. In pretty much every feature, piece of content, product game I've ever seen, there is so much work that is done that is not needed. And I don't mean that, look, I'm all down for rework, prototyping things, trying something, discovering it doesn't work. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, we have a clear vision, but somebody who could be helping move us towards that vision is off to the side without awareness of what that vision is, building something that is at best not helpful. And they could be really contributing to where we're trying to go. And 
that's where this all comes back together. So when you're thinking about your meetings, you're thinking about your artifacts, you're thinking about the groups that are around you, what is it that would allow better decision-making to drive towards the goal? That's what you're constantly trying to create. That is the purpose of the work system. One of the things that I don't know if most people know about Riot from an outside perspective is like Riot has had things that were subtle superpowers about it that I just don't see enough companies do. I see some do. One of them is like, I was just talking to an old friend a couple of weeks ago and he told me about how not on the priority list for anything that he was working with with his managers at the time, but surfaced the need for ranked celebrations in solo queue. Like this was something that was just never getting prioritized high enough. And it was something that was like a deep player need that the players were like shouting out for and asking for. And he figured out a clever way to get the three or four people that needed to engage with that to get the work done. And he did it, quote unquote, outside of the normal process. And it ended up being a huge hit. And I don't think people realize just how many examples of that there are. Mm -hmm. Just dozens and dozens and dozens of somebody sort of going outside the sort of strict definition of what their responsibilities were, employing their human judgment and their knowledge of the outcomes that we're all trying to achieve, like tapping into that alignment and then leveraging their human judgment to really do something super great for players, super great for yeah. the business, and also might possibly even finding a clever solution to getting it done that was much cheaper than anyone expected because they didn't feel those limitations. It wasn't like, well, I'm only allowed to talk to this team or I have to go to this person's manager for it was like, no, I was able to figure this out at a relatively low cost. That's the kind of stuff you unlock when your work system really leans in to things like human judgment and alignment and leaves most of the tactical decisions to the humans that are closest to the problem. And again, I feel like a lot of companies espouse this approach, but I don't often see it. Yeah, I am saddened by how many disempowered line leaders I see in our industry. And so, you know, if you are in the position of building a work system for your team, think about that. Think about, again, yeah. how to create a relatively lossless, lightweight system for them to do what they're already good at. This, to me, also, this touches on the, the idea of trust and how much do you trust those. Yeah that are part of your organization. Because if you don't trust them very much, then you want a strict system. You want a very structured system. And by the way, those organizations exist. Yeah. Like the military, some parts of the military were like that, where there was massive sort of structure built into it and you all had to be at the right place at the right time. And when you're going through training, everything is regimented. Every minute of your working day and sometimes well beyond, it is structured out so that in some sense you can't screw up or if you do it's so obvious yeah. that they can come and you know drop the hammer on you and get you to stop screwing up now the work system to some extent is to prevent the chaos of everybody going in their own direction but if we're maintaining alignment to the north star and we realize that the work system isn't helping us get there this is where i consider it a key framing around work systems that they can be bent and broken when needed and part of that is it's not just that there will be the continual evolution of it. It's also that sometimes we're going to need to try to solve a problem and our work system isn't good for solving it. 
And when that happens, go outside the work system. And when people on your team do that, celebrate that if it's in the interest of the greater goal, if it's aligned to the North Star, celebrate that. Don't punish that. I see so often maybe some group of people went and did some work on the side. And when they tell a leader or producer about it, the producer or leader is more interested in how they're going to track it in JIRA than what was achieved. And that to me is incredibly sad. You had some people take initiative and go try to solve potentially a really big problem. Now, hey, maybe they should have told you about it or whatever, but if your first concern is, well, wait a minute, how am I going to track it in JIRA? You're not thinking about this in the right way. I'm not saying don't track it in JIRA. I'm saying that JIRA is the less important part. It should be, you should be far more interested in the human judgment that was exercised. Was it in line with where we're trying to go? All the things we talked about at the beginning, yeah. right? Like, do we need to change how we operate yeah. to include this stuff? That's the fundamental pivot. And it's actually, that's more clear, actually, after talking with you today, I think for me now than it ever was before. That's the fundamental pivot. What we are saying is a hey, work system is a series of tools and methods that you can use to help your team interact and make decisions, get to alignment, all this stuff, right? The output of that, like how you know if you're doing it right, is not if you're managing work well, and it's not if you're transmitting a bunch of information to a bunch of people. That's the old litmus. The new litmus is, again, are we moving towards the North Star together? Are we updating our view of what the North Star is? Are we facilitating effective relationships? Like, do we know what those relationships are? Do we know what to expect each of each other? Like, what's the human dynamic? Mm-hmm. And then are we leveraging and encouraging and measuring effective decisions? Yep. Right? Like, those, so that's the transition. It's like, so if you look at your company's process or your game team's process today and you see that pretty much all of it is about managing work and moving around information, that's your flag to rethink your approach to that and talk to the people on your team about. All right. So we started this podcast. We talked about the unfortunately not in existent perfect world where everybody is just perfectly aligned all the time and knows everything to do. We don't live in that world. So we put systems in place to try to create that alignment. And here's what I'd say. You will never achieve perfect alignment around everything that needs to be aligned upon. That's okay. What you're trying to do is get most of the people mostly aligned most of the time so that they're doing work that is probably valuable. And the more you need all those things to be like 100%, I need 100% alignment, the more overhead that will exist inside of your organization. The more it's okay that there's a little bit of wiggle and that, hey, maybe some somebody does some work and it's not quite on target, but it was close, the less overhead you're going to need in your system. And that's the balance you're trying to strike as you build a work system. So keep that in mind. This is about the meetings, the artifacts, all of it. This is about aligning people and Because they're aligned, they will make better decisions day to day to bring you towards your goal state, your North Star. That's where we want you to focus. Awesome. And the the things I would add are, as a reminder, the transition here is to think not necessarily different about the process itself or how you approach the work getting done on your teams, but to think about how you're measuring your output like how you're understanding if your 
process is actually a good thing, if your process is actually helping you. And that is to move away from, hey, a good process is one that manages all the work really well and moves around information to the right people and moves toward a system that is a good process creates alignment. So my team is working on the most important stuff they could and they understand what is important. It focuses on relationships. Like we know how to interact with other people and other teams and other groups. And it focuses on great decision-making. The work system and the process help me get access to just the amount of information I need to make the best decision I can for myself, the team, the company, and the customer. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this content? If you did, Join game developers across the world and sign up for the Building Better Game newsletter in the episode show notes or at buildingbettergames.gg slash newsletter. That's buildingbettergames.gg slash newsletter. Every two weeks, we will deliver one actionable step that will increase your chances of delivering a successful game straight to your inbox. See you next time.